Welcome, everybody. This is The Zero Hour. I am Mark Fiertz, your co-host. And my name is Christine Chapman, your host. Welcome. Welcome, y'all. So uh, today, this afternoon, I am super psyched, right? Because I got one of my homies from Strong (laughs) Island. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Queen's in the house, right? That's right. That's right. My G, DB, David Bowler. Say hello, David. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hope everyone's doing great. Welcome, David. Thank you. Thank you. David, we are uh, all good in the hood. Uh, I'm going to tee you up, my brother. You ready? Yeah, let's go. So, DB and I, dude, do you remember when I was working at Univision, you used to practice your pitch in my office? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? I do now. It's been a long time. Holy crap. Yes. Yeah. So. Wow. For those uh, for those who don't know, obviously, uh, David and I go way back. How far back? Way back. Like way back. Early days of internet. Uh, we are two career sellers, right? And David's just selling something a little differently, and I'm selling something a little differently. But uh, we have always uh, kind of cohabitated and commingled. We've we relied on each other personally and professionally. Uh, but David was a little different from the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> How so? How so? How is he different? Well, I'm glad you asked, Christine. So one day, David and I are working in Dumbo. We're in Brooklyn. We're working for an internet company, a healthcare company. And we're taking a lunch, and we're walking down the street. And out of nowhere, David looks at me and he goes, hey, Mark. I said, why did I say it with a Boston accent? He goes, hey, Mark. Nah, not like that. <laughs> how do you think a subway would do down here? <laughs> Like a subway, like a subway restaurant. I'm like, I don't know, David. Uh, talk to me, Goose. So David has always been preoccupied with following his his heart, what he really wants to do. Um, and David, a quick story. We haven't spoken about this in 20 yeah. years, and not even in a prep conversation. Do you remember that prototype golf glove you made? I do. I got a patent on it and everything. Are you going to continue with that after life settles down uh, a little bit? It's, it's expired, uh, but I, I did get some, you know, um, a footprint or a toehold in a foot joint, so I thought I was going to go somewhere, but ultimately the uh, the prototype was too chunky and, and dealing with, you know, Taiwan is where it was manufactured. It was just way too cumbersome, but... All right. And I had other things I had to focus on, but yeah, it was, it was a nice thing to do. All right. All right. All right, y'all. Please meet Mr. David Bowler. He is a restaurateur. He is an entrepreneur. He is a dad of three. He is a son. He is a brother. He is an uncle. He is one of my six degrees of separation. He's like three degrees of separation. He is a confidant in the Fiertz circle. David, welcome to the Zero Hour. Welcome, David. Thank you, thank you, my brother from another mother. Hell thanks yeah. for everyone that's my thanks for everyone that's listening and and supporting the Zero Hour as uh, Mike and Christine go on their journey um, uh, to build an audience and, and provide you know great content to the folks that want to listen and and grow themselves personally, professionally, and uh, you know make P- them happy. Pitch it, baby. Pitch it. Yay. Pitch it, David. So, <laughs> D- Dave. Um, you know, this story is about like watershed moments, right? Uh, it's about zero hours. I kind of teed you up a little bit with regard to 
where your heart and head have always been in entrepreneurship, right? And whether you're a restaurateur or whether you're doing something similar but not serving food and stuff, you've always been or you've always had a mentality of, huh, I wonder uh, wonder how a Subway restaurant would do down here. Like you've always had this kind of thinking going on. So I want to talk a little bit about the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And – it's uh you know it's it's near and dear to your heart, dude. Be free. Talk to us. Take us up to speed. The mic is yours, my yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, end of the day, um, opening up a restaurant, a beer garden, was just something that was always I wanted to do. Uh, like since how was, long? Like how old were you? I uh, was about eighteen, nineteen. You know, I was on the back nine of a golf course, just hacking it left and right. And it was like, I want to go have a beer. And I was, I was like, I want to open one close to back nine or something like that. And it's exactly what we did after the round. But it's something that always was inside of me because um, I just love people. I love sales. I love providing a service in which I can control and provide people a space where they can go and forget about life for a while and have a great time. And if you can do that and you focus on the detail, uh, you can make, one, be very satisfied with yourself uh, for accomplishing something, but two, make a, a really nice living uh, for you and your family, you know? So that's kind of where it started. And, you and know, how, how old were you when you established your current Garden Social, wait, right? Wait, 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 hang on, hang on. You're jumping ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ahead. I'm sorry. I'm like... <laughs> Way too fast. <laughs> Take it down a notch, sister. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All you. right, David. I want to talk about, or I want you to talk about, rather, your mom. I want you to talk about Kathy, yeah. right? And I yeah. want to talk about the impact she had and still has on you and your life and your loved ones. Oh, my God. You're going to make me get emotional. So keep prepared. That's what I do, brother. Uh, yeah, she was, she was an amazing woman. Brought up eight children, two grandparents, multiple dogs, cats, birds, chinchillas, <laughs> you name it. It was, it was Noah's Ark. She's some Queens uh, too, Louis right? Glue. She's a Queens Plus native? That. Yeah. Okay. Queens, Whitestone Queens. Um, yeah, she was the glue that held together. You know, she was, she was our heart and soul. And you look and, just like uh, her, by the way. When I've seen pictures of the two of you together, it's like, yeah. it's like Kathy, Dave, and Alex are like yeah. from the same gene pool. Wow. Right? wow. It's crazy. She, she was an amazing singer, uh, as was my grandparents. My grandfather was the, the charter founder of the NBC, uh, the radio broadcasters um, union, so he worked for NBC. My grandmother was wow. a singer and dancer. Do you have any singing chops? Do you have, do you have chops to sing? Or? I can hold a tune, yeah, but Tell it's got to be low. Let me hear it. You know, Do it. No, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, she was, she was just such an amazing influence on myself and my siblings and those that are around her um, as she kind of just did the little things and didn't look for any kind of, you know, anything in return. So that's what just made her so special. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's certainly in heaven. And, you know, when we lost her to Alzheimer's, a couple generations of Alzheimer's uh, in my family, it really makes you look at time and time on this earth a whole different way. You know, it's, it's so amazing because, you know, the way I look at time and things that happen, the ups and downs, they just they just flow right off my shoulder. I mean, it's, it's primarily, you know, it too shall pass. And that's something I say daily And that the good times will pass and the bad times will pass. So just stay on to the ride. And, uh, 
that was my that was my zero hour when she passed away. She got early onset Alzheimer's at fifty eight, died at wow. sixty eight, mm. and when she died, um, it was my watershed moment. Mm. So that's when I said, "Well, what if I have this disease? It's early onset. It's gene based." And I said, "I'm you know, what do I have to lose? I've always wanted to do this. Yep. Last for the career, twenty two years in advertising, did pretty well for myself, but was not happy. And I said, "What am I going to do?" Like, I'm going to keep getting on this train and, and be part of something that's not necessarily a bad thing for people. But for me, I felt like I was really walled in and, and just not living the life I wanted to live. Right. And knowing that time is over the essence, you so, know, so it's time to get moving. And in fact, you know, you can look at studies of people that are on their deathbed. And I hate to be so morbid, but it's so true because yeah. they're, so, they're so honest on things that they wish they did that they didn't do it in their life. And, and one of them is not being happy in their career and doing stuff they loved. And that's the genesis of Garden Social. So that's when it all took off. All right. We've, we've, we've plugged the name, but I still think we're going a little too fast. So, right. so I, I want to I interject here because I think I remember from one of our pre-conference or pre-interview calls, David, that – there was something that your mom used to always say to you that you took to heart as you made this transition and this leap. Is that correct? Yeah. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. It's the only way to live a dream. So profound. That is so profound. Yeah. Be comfortable and being uncomfortable. It's the only way to realize your dream. K Or live a, live a dream. Live a dream. Kathy Bowler. Yep. I love that. Yep. Beautiful, dude. I love that. Beautiful. Mark and I were um, driving to the studio this morning, and one of the things that we talked about was dreams. And I said, you know, I have this magnet on my fridge that says, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Right? That's right. That's right. Okay. My dreams scare me every day. Um, so... <laughs> Fast forward. All right. So literally, David, I'll, I'll describe it as this, uh, or I'll paraphrase for you. You were given your mom's eulogy, right? And you said, F it. I'm doing it. Right. Take us from there, my friend. Oh, my God. Now you're really going to get to me. No, I, you know, I just, during her eulogy, it was, you know, it just, there's so many profound things that she did and that were taken for granted over the course of time and then losing her that you just kind of think about. And, you know, it all just came out, her, her charity, uh, her love for her family, God, country, um, her love for singing, the things that she loved and she focused on. Don't get me wrong, she, she had, you know, her son, my brother, had leukemia when he was in kindergarten. She had to come over, you know, get over that kind of uh, trial and tribulation and was strong and, and her faith wavered, but she, stayed strong um and yeah you just you know i just you know, getting into that eulogy is pretty deep but you know uh, george steinberger once said if, if you do something to help help somebody and you tell more than two people you've done it for the wrong reason and i think that was where i was kind of focused on is, is just what she did for people never wanting anything back ever ever she did it so selfishly selflessly and wow. it was an inspiration so you know, that stuff carries over, and, and I, I try to incorporate that into my life with, with the Alzheimer's Association and, and supporting them through 
various golf benefits and, and banquets I'll do at Garden Social. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, I'm just trying to have more deposits in Heaven's bank account than withdrawals. That's awesome. Hopefully I get in. <laughs> yeah, David, listen, I think that's, it's beautiful, man. Um, so I want to, I want to take us to, I want to take us to the opening of not necessarily the opening of Garden Social, which GardenSocial.com, right? And what's the uh, location? GardenSocialLI.com in East Meadow, Long Island. Excellent. East and I've Meadow, been there and it's friggin' dope, right? It's it's a beer garden and the food is amazing. Um, opening a restaurant is like the hardest thing yes. to do. You got retail a uh, real estate you got people you got food you got like bacteria you have health <laughs> inspectors coming in you got all this stuff right yeah. David, why are you uh-huh. choosing the hardest friggin' profession to go into as your first you know entrepreneurial endeavor because it was my dream it wasn't my first entrepreneurial endeavor i i did have a Jordan removal business back in the day. Well, that and your paper uh, route in Long Island, you know, and like my I get paper it, route, but... and I and I sold soda and popcorn at Shea Stadium. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it wasn't that hard. Uh, and I'll tell you, while there were a lot of moving pieces, and I had very little experience in that, I had a vision and mission to guide me. That was my roadmap, and I primarily always stayed true to it, along with my my partner. Um, Kind of keep us in check and keep us going down the road, and and really at the end of the day, I hate saying that because it's such a terrible term. Um, it's it's one thing at a time. Okay. Get your to do list, get it going, start checking things off the list, and eventually, you're right. opening the doors and you're serving your first customer. Um, so how so long it, did it take from the moment you decided until the moment you opened your doors, David? It took five five years. Um, okay. Because Primarily because of trying to find the right location on on Long Island, which I needed an outdoor space. I needed a fairly big indoor space, which yeah. is which was in hard, pretty hard to come by. I love our location; it's fantastic. It's kind of like speakeasy ish, but I am into social and viral marketing, and it's kind of grown and taken on this this you know this this, this shape that um, people kind of when you know it's like a viral thing. You got to go to Garden Social, check it out. Because right, they walk so, through so a dilapidated shopping center and they walk into kind of this Brooklyn meets East Meadow vibe and they're just like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Nice. And it's great. So in 2013, you're planning, right? And you're getting yeah. together with some with some homies, right? Some, some of your buddies, some fraternity guys, and you have a crew, right? And the crew contributes at different levels, but you're the crew master, right? Like you're... You're the head of the crew. Maybe you got a consigliere, um, and I'm probably butchering it right now. But in 2018, you open your doors, right? And unbeknownst to the entire world, what was right around the corner, you know? So how, talk to us about 2018 to today, right? Because you have a big friggin' gray cloud in there. And, that, and how'd you get over that? And what did you guys do? You know, I... I... I put an advisory board around me prior to doing this, and um, I was the quarterback very early on for the team yep. um, in kind of getting through the town permits, the banking, the, all the stuff. I resigned from my job. You know, they kind of kept their gigs, and I was, I was in it. Like, I, this is my thing. And 
uh, thankfully they they allowed me to do that, and it, we were able to open. Um, so the advisory board I used like, hey, what do you think? You know, I want to do this. What are the big challenges? You know, where am I going to see success? What kind of tech should I be using? Blah blah blah. And most of them were like, you're out of your mind. Like, what really? are you doing? It, you know, I just thought, I didn't want to hear half of them, but they did give me a lot of great advice. But nobody said anything. Be concerned about pandemics. Well, no one and, knew. Well, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, but that would have been a nice one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you just you kind of just roll with it, man. Like, you just it happens. Um, you do what you got to do. Thankfully, we had some money in the bank. I had to lay off everybody, which was terrible. Our food yep. doesn't really travel well. Although, you know, the community really tried to to support us, and we were very very thankful for that. Um, but the but we had to close, so we closed for about three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and just waited. Uh, during that time, I ran a research study that got published in two magazines on what customers can expect or what restaurants can expect customers to feel when they come back into restaurants, yeah. which was kind of kept me busy. Um, yeah. And was it scary, though, it, Dave? It, like, it had what? to be scary as fuck, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I was prepared uh, to, for the worst. Yep. And thinking about what's what's next, uh, but at the same time we weren't burning any money. Uh, we didn't have to pay rent; everything was deferred. So okay, that's you know, great. We we had the money ready to open, and quite frankly, the government's programs on the the PPP loans were absolutely incredible, as well as the employee retention credits. And this is a lot of money coming back to business to get them back on their feet and rolling. Right, and we used it all all of it back to right to payroll. So there was a nice kind of kickstart to get us going again. It did set us back about a year, year and a half in terms of growth, where restaurants should be in their life cycle. Right. Um, because generally it takes three years for you really hit your stride and, and start kicking butt for us. It took five. Okay. And, and don't they say like most restaurants fail, like 90% of the restaurants fail within the first three, right? Yeah. So do but you know why? Congrats. No, I don't. Because, Primarily, they're choosing the long rotation. Uh, two, they don't, they're not in it. Like, you're not fully immersed in it. Like, this isn't work. This is, this is a blessing. So, every day waking up and be like, I can't wait to do this. I'm going to work on this today, check this, 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 and this. And, um, you know, they're, they're not there. So, it's not for lack of them not having a good chef or a good product. They're just, they're not focused. They're I feel. I, I feel. That's so interesting. Would would you say that the, those that fail? All right. So you said location and devotion, right? Yeah. Seems to dedication. be the seems to be the variable um, that you have, right? That helped you guys succeed. That's that for me, and 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 the concept, the the beer garden concept in the middle of Long Island that is bringing a broken vibe out to the burbs. You know, doesn't you can't find it? Yeah. So that attached with a great product, great service. Um, you know, local bringing local into this as much as I can. Charity into this, it all builds the brand, and and that is Garden Social. You know, it's all about live, laugh, and love. Right. And that's that draws people. People want to come in. One, people want to be with winners. Nobody wants to be with a loser. So if you're negative attitude, negative. Universe, Such as life, my friend. Such as life. Nobody wants to be the loser, of course. No, you want to win. You want to be around winners, of course. You want to, you know, want to have a great time. So, and and there's really no, 
you can't, I can't fail at this. This is my, this is my life savings. Yeah. So that's it. So David, you, you and I, you know, we've known each other forever. So we talk all the time and, and, and we share, you know, we share some stuff. I was sharing some stuff with you about, you know, some other entrepreneurial things I'm, I'm interested in. And you were, you were just like, your advice was make failure, not an option. Right. It's like, it's, it's go into it with that mindset and you will a work harder, be manifest your success. Right. Um, and I, listen, I, I think what you do is incredibly challenging. Right. And, like what you've built and the personalities and the staff and all the stuff you have to deal with is, I don't know. I, I mean, listen, I wouldn't want to open a restaurant. Like that wouldn't be my thing. I'd be like, damn, like I'm afraid of like, I don't know, a bug. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, and what that would mean. But if that is your, if that is your dream, um, then, you know, there's no other purpose other than that for you. Right. Yeah. I think, also, you know, my corporate background brings something unique to the table in terms of goal setting and responsibilities. And, and yes, dealing with very, very, very different types of personalities from partnership to every position within the restaurant. Um, but as I tell the staff, we're, we're a team, we're a family, and everybody, whether you're the hostess, the dishwasher, bartender, line cook, prep guy, you know, whoever you are, you touch revenue yeah. because yeah. what you do impacts our success yeah. and you should take pride in that. And that's how you, I approach it. It's still, it's, it's very, there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to, you know, I have 50 employees um, and getting them on the same page, uh, having them work at a level that is acceptable, um, being there to provide them, tools to be successful mm-hmm. and also the moments in which I can teach them on hand on this is how I would approach it and why and what is it going to mean to your bottom line because it all comes down to you know again winning and 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 money we're here to make money um, and so I'm finding by doing that being out in front there's no job that I won't do so they see me working they see me bust the table they see me pour a drink they'll see me pick up paper off the floor I don't care yeah. That's great. This is no, that's am. great. That's and true so, role modeling. That's true leadership, right? I, you know, I, for better or for worse, Everyday Health gave me such a platform to really lead um, and train me. Um, gave me a lot of rope to, to kind of learn for myself. But yeah, I mean, that's the only way to get it done. Yeah, is, is you got to lead from the front. They have to respect you, and. If you're not getting that respect in turn, then you go through the proper process to eliminate that person from the universe because you can't have you can't have that. Right. It's it's infectious. And so my goal is to take B players and make them B plus, B players make them A's and A's get them to a management level. Like if I were to expand this brand. And that's 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 how I look at it. So so your twenty years of corporate experience uh, sales leadership and the like differentiated your approach to business management and employee management. Like for David, like we talk a lot about, uh, you know, pipeline. We talk a lot about goal setting, go to market strategies, personas, like stuff like that. When you were building your business plan, did you apply those same 
principles to your own endeavor? I applied organizational um, management and process to what I learned in corporate world. So everyone had clear roles, job responsibilities, tried to create consistent reporting in terms of team meetings, manager meetings, manager yeah. breakfast, and talking about the issues and, um, you know, the ratios, food ratios, liquor ratios, and, and where the red flags are, because the numbers will tell you everything. And then it's once you have the problem, how do you fix the problem? Right. But it's all in the data. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I took from, so I, I think the organizational process was, was a big one. Yeah. Okay. Um, switching gears slightly, but you can't, you can't tell, I can't tell you, I know around about what I'm going to do on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. But today, for instance, we're getting four inches of rain mm-hmm. on Long Island. We got, the I same have three thing. parties going. There could be a leak. Someone's going to be unhappy. I can't, you know, who knows who's going to show up tonight and want to come out in the weather. So my, you know, X amount of dollars that I expect on a Saturday night is probably going to be cut in half. So forecasting so is really hard, mo- right? I can't model out on a day-to-day, right. which would be nice because then I can model out labor and be it on the top of the bell curve to create that efficiency of number of employees to number of customers coming in, which have, is where you want to be, have, top have, of the curve. Have you broken down a revenue model to like per meal, like profit per meal and profit per customer and per drink and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yep. And then, right that, there, then I look to see where my most profitable things are, items are, how I position them on the menu, how I sell more. It's all, it's all a science, but it's all in the numbers. So as long as you're up to date, detailed and organized weekly as to what's happening by product category or product, you know, you can you can see it all. That's amazing. Well, also like for example, dude, you have an amazing menu. GardenSocialLI.com. Take a look at the menu, the food, dude. Who's taking those photographs? I think it's you and your cell phone, right? But <laughs> but listen, they're not even professionally done, and they look they like jaw dropping. Yes. Um, so I mean, listen, like the price of like pork is down. Will your chef create more pork dishes so it's a, a better profit? Or does it get that granular or, or no? Uh, let's use chicken wings. Yeah. I mean, we sell – chicken wings are our number two selling item. Uh, you know, our pretzel only sells more. We sell about 500 pretzels a month. Um, wow. 500 you know, pretzels a month? Dude, yeah. his pretzels are like these Bavarian <laughs> monsters. <laughs> Yum. And – and those are the things in my life living in New York. Like you have to have a beautiful pretzel and yes. my Hell partner found yes. it. I tasted it and I'm like, this is, this is it. Like we're going full bore on this one. <laughs> um, and you have people coming into your place snooping, right? Aren't they asking you questions like, uh, so if I wanted to get a pretzel like this or this pretzel stand, where would I go? Yeah. Yep. Of course. Wow. Everyone it, it's best followers, you know, are you, are you like, are you good. like, dude, get out. Or are you like, are you? I don't blame them for it. Yeah. I've taken things. Okay. I've taken ideas. You know, I've been, I go into restaurants, I look at everything. Yeah. Um, David, so. I know you're on a time crunch. And one of the questions I wanted to ask was, you have this opportunity to, you know, mentor a young person who has a dream to walk into the hospitality industry and might not have had all of the life experience prior 
What do you say to that kid? Um, well, I, I didn't have the experience of restaurants either. It's something I went and I read restaurants for dummies. Uh, and <laughs> you just learn it. You have a passion. You have a love. And I told my son this, who's getting to go look at schools, and he's just doing really, really well. And I'm so proud of him. He's light years above where I was. Shout out to Alex. Yeah. And I thought I'd have any conversations with him around, um, you know, focus and getting your work done and this, that, and the other thing. The guy has a calendar that's just booked up and he follows it to a T from an organizational perspective. Wow. So I can't, I didn't need to have that conversation. So my conversation to him and to anyone that wants to do anything in hospitality or any business is do what you love and don't do it for the money. Yeah. Because if you follow the money, ultimately burnout will, will, because you're getting up and you're going to work and you're not loving it. And life is way too short and it flies by in the blink of an eye uh, to to kind of waste your time on that and, you know, sweat the small stuff. Like there's so much, just be happy. There's so much happiness out there and, and let the stuff kind of fall off your shoulders, good and bad, because it, shoot, it too shall pass. And I remind myself of that all the time when I'm having like a little down moment, like, yeah, it'll pass, whatever, That's... You know, breathe. That's yeah. dude, that's really good advice. That um, is amazing. David, uh, did you want to talk a little bit about your most recent entrepreneurial endeavor? Yes. Yeah, what are you so working I on am, now? I am going on uh, a, another journey um, in the from a macro level, the energy sector. Uh, I have and was blessed to run into an old friend in uh, high school. We went to Holy Cross together uh, who got heavily involved with a company called Royal Power Energy. And what they are doing from a... Um, What's the URL, David? It's rpe4.com. rpe4.com. Royal .com. Power Energy. Thank you. Yeah. So, and what they're doing is basically they've created a patent technology that's um, in the power factor correction vertical. And they're saving Wait, layman's large... Terms. Layman's terms, brother. What does that mean? So, what power factor is basically uh, when energy is coming out of, let's say, a Con Edison... Uh, power plant and going to the end mall or hospital, it's getting there at a 70% efficiency. So there's a lot of harmonic issues. There's length of wire. So it's Waste. basically not as efficient. And companies are overspending for their power. A, the, once this is implemented, uh, companies will save 30%, up to 30%, uh, sometimes more on their electric bills, save wow. on the maintenance of their machines because they're using clean, more efficient power. And limiting or reducing CO2 emissions substantially, and there is no more power on the grid. And what's ironic is, you know, they're making all these electric cars and electric fleets, but guess what? There's no electricity to, to, to charge them. You know? So it's kind of, so anyway, they're, they're in the power-saving business, and this has impact not only in the U.S. on every level in every state, but globally. Um, so they, they are rocking and rolling and I'm spending a ton of time there. Nice. It's a great product. And, um, you know, if so you're interested, take a look. It's good for planet earth. It's good for the consumer, right? It sounds, yeah. sounds all good, dude. Yeah. 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 Yep. Wow. Yeah. All right. So David, we know you have a hard stop very shortly. Uh, is there anything else you would like to give props to my friend? I just want whoever's listening and I know this, this, this is going to grow for you guys. I'm super excited for you. Thank you. Is be comfortable being uncomfortable. It's the only way to live a dream. Believe in yourself. Kathy Bowler. Believe in your product. 
and you're going to do just fine. And put good people, mentors, you know, around you that you can bounce stuff off of and take the good with the bad, and you're not always going to like what you hear. But it's really important to digest, look at it from other angles, and then make a decision. And always be making decisions. Don't sit stagnant. Be right or wrong, make a, make a call. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to stand still. Med respect you for you, so David. Thank you so much, David. Yeah. I will be in Strong Island soon to reclaim my accessories and to eat your delicious food at where? GardenSocialLI.com. <laughs> we can't wait. Thank you so much, guys. Later, Thank brother. you. Thank you, man. Take care. Take care now. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you again uh, for spending time with us. I'm Mark Fiertz. And I'm Christine Chapman. And we are The Zero, Zero Hour. Hour. Signing off. See you next week. Bye.